I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. Hey everyone, welcome back to your first million. Wow, it's been it's been a few days since we had an interview, but we have so many amazing interviews coming up. Um, definitely get ready because uh, we definitely are coming back strong. Our first interview is with Brienne from Seeker. Now, Seeker is an app that Backstage Capital, my venture fund, has invested in. And they're cool. They're like really, really different, I think, from most startups. Um, and they can be used by almost every startup, which is really cool. So what Seeker does is it kind of tells you how you can become like a road warrior, basically. So you've probably seen that van life hashtag, or maybe on Instagram, you've seen photographs of people taking a regular van and turning it into some sort of uh, traveling small motel room. It's really cool, actually. And I, I love it because it's it's actually quite diverse um, and, and definitely not for only a certain type of economic uh, situation, right? So it's it's really creative. It's like a combination of art and a little bit of like science and construction and just wherever your imagination can take you or ever, um, whatever you imagine, there are people out there who can build these vans. And on top of that, there are people like myself who for most of my life have wanted to have an RV of some type be on the road. You may remember that I used to work on tours with musicians and we, we, I worked anywhere from like somebody's really old van trucking along that was with Golden Boy to $500,000 tour bus or, or even more than that, which was like a four-star hotel on wheels. And, you know, it took me a decade to get to the, to the second point, but on both of those, I just love being on the road. And my life has changed quite a bit, and I I have a family, and I, I don't necessarily want to be on the road all the time, but I still have that that yearning to be on the road, and so I wanted to get an RV. And what they do is for the people who already have done this before, who've been on the road before, who know that lifestyle, the number one thing that's hard to find are these places where you stop. Like, where do you stop overnight? Where do you plug in? Where do you get electricity? And and um, get rid of your waste and all of those different things that people 
kind of wonder, but don't know where exactly where to go to find the answers. And then where are the best places to park or to go visit during the day when you're on this road trip? And with COVID, more and more people are traveling in this way. So it's a van that's been um, converted or it's an RV and there are different classes of RVs. It's just really fascinating to me. And I love what Seeker does. On top of it, Seeker used to be called The Van Life, and they rebranded very, very recently, and they're called Seeker now. So you get to hear about all of this coming from the founder uh, herself. She is LGBTQ. She is a a woman of color, and uh, she's already, you'll hear about two different ways that she made her first million. One was through revenue and one was through raising. So there's a ton of information to get. And I think a lot of it is quite relatable. I cannot wait for you to get into this. Let's get started. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to my friend Justin Kahn's pod, The Quest. Justin co-founded Twitch and sold it to Amazon for almost a billion with a B, a billion dollars. The quest is about eternal growth. We all have our own battles to fight. Justin dives into the ups and downs of trailblazers around him, from tech, the NBA, K-pop, and beyond, to help you figure out life and get to where you want to be. Check out The Quest with Justin Kahn on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to my interview with Justin on episode 11 of Your First Million. Or season one of his podcast, episode seven of The Quest. Hey, Arlen. I'm really excited to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. As you know, you work in a space that is just like my childhood dream space and then my adult (laughs) dream space. Um, Please introduce yourself and tell us about your company. Yeah. Um, so I'm Brianna CEO. I am the CEO of Seeker. Uh, we are currently known as the Van Life app uh, on our social media, but we are rebranding very soon within this next week to Seeker. Um, and That's what we cool. do is we help people find their the best destinations in the outdoors. So if you want to go RVing, camping or anything like that, you find it through Seeker. Incredible. I mean, and you're like on the road constantly, right? How, how often, like, do you have a, a main home? I do. Yeah. So my wife and I made a decision when we got our, like, after we graduated, we got good jobs. We're like, okay, we can either get a larger place and pay a lot more in rent, or we can keep our small place and get like a mobile vacation home. So we have an affordable primary residence and then we travel like six to eight months a year. Incredible. I mean, that's the dream for a lot of people, including me, that mm-hmm. I've always had this drive in me to run away f- with the circus. Even, I can remember being very, very young and just looking out the window and saying, I want to run away with the circus. Circus, And that kind of came true when I started touring for, with musicians. Had that always been a drive in you or did something happen where you just kind of discovered this way of life? Mm. I was always, not always. So when I was 21, I got to travel by myself for the first time and really travel because my family didn't travel. So um, I fell in love with traveling and 
then I met my wife and, and we started traveling internationally a lot. Um, and one summer we were like, we need to explore the United States more. So we rented an, an RV and we decided that the RV wasn't for us because it was a little too big for what we were looking for. And um, my wife's dad came over for Christmas one year with an empty van. And he was like, I'm building this into a tiny home. Whoa. So, yeah, that's, that's how it so started. Cool. So the tiny home idea where we've seen, I've seen this on like Instagram. And then there's these people who are just so good at making this. For someone who is just hearing about hearing about this for the first time, kind of delve into that. What does that mean? Somebody has like a regular type of van and what? (laughs) So there's plenty of ways to go about it. So if you haven't heard of it before, check out hashtag van life. It's just blown up over the past several years. Um, But it is people who are who either buy empty cargo vans and rip it out and convert the inside into like a livable space, or they're buying a manufactured van from like the dealership. Um, and they're generally, so when we say van, we don't necessarily mean only van. It is like smaller recreational vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and people either convert them to make them their own, or they're, they're buying them through a dealership, but, uh, they're traveling. They're really prioritizing life over the rat race and the accumulation of goods and and stuff like that. That's right. I mean, uh, I think it was maybe two years ago, I put a tweet out and I just said, hey, what's your favorite U.S. destination that many people don't talk about or something to that effect? And I got hundreds of responses and I asked people to put a picture up if they had one. And I was just like, there's in a lifetime you couldn't cover all that is available, even in California, driving around in California, I discover things outside of Los Angeles that I'm just blown away by. And so many of so many of us are just in the United States are just really ready to run anywhere we can. But there's so much there. So tell me a couple of like what's what are one or two experiences that you've had or places you've seen now that you've had this lifestyle? Mm. So I think the the most shocking place for me that I love is Idaho. <laughs> and ah. like, yeah, it's it. So as a queer woman of color, I had this concept of Idaho that was not ideal, right? Like I didn't think it was going to be great for a person like me. I, I imagined potatoes and like wheat fields for some yeah. reason, yeah. but then you go to Idaho and Boise and uh, it is unbelievable. The beauty there is unbelievable. You have the Tetons, you have all different types of terrain. So if you love the mountains or you love the desert or you love, you know, whatever it is, it's gorgeous there. Yeah. I remember I did a little road trip with my mom and just like three years ago, she's trying to see all 50 States at least for two days, you know, per state. And she's almost there actually. Um, And we stopped in we stopped, I think it was Des Moines and I had, I had sort of, we, I think our, our, our sprinter broke down on one of the tours I did in Des Moines and I was just like blown away by, I mean, we, we went to the place to get the fixed, to get it fixed. There was a gay guy there, you know, he was very much so representing the rainbow colors. Right. 
and and we talked about it. And then I go into the bank and there's another gay fellow who who takes my order and we start talking and I'm like, I feel a little bit worried about being here. And he's like, oh, no, it's you're good. <laughs> and it was yep. just, it was so because I guess what it is, is that. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, online used to be kind of the only place you could really find it if you were outside of. New York and Miami and LA, you could in San Francisco that you could find a community like that. But now it's just like the 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 world is our oyster and the country is our oyster, and not just for LGBTQ, of course, but like just like the limitations of what we expect the United States to be. Yeah, yeah that that is a beautiful thing that I'm learning. Like. Y- because we travel throughout the United States the past several years, more so than internationally. And one of the really cool things that I'm realizing is that there are pockets everywhere where we can consider home, like we can feel safe and welcome. Um, Of course, in the United States, there are plenty of pockets where that is not the case. But if I need somewhere to be safe, I can find it. Um, And that's a really cool thing. Um, And we're seeing that, especially in the outdoor recreation space, people of color and and marginalized groups are actually the fastest growing demographics in outdoor recreation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what do you think about when I used to go and look up places I could stop or RV parks and things like that? It felt, didn't feel very welcoming to me. I felt like I was going to have a moment, like if I tried to pull up. I thought it was going to be like a moment, but then I go and I I'm watching going RV and the American, I forgot what it stands for, but the channel that it's on, you think it's going to be like this very specific type of channel. And it's so diverse. <laughs> like there's all these different people buying now. What do you think changed? And when did that change? You know, I, the thing about the outdoors, like outdoor recreation spaces it, is that they were built around white upper middle class places places that that where you could access beautiful nature were built around like communities who had privilege and that were that were predominantly white so i i think it's changing because it's time and we're getting more access like people of color minorities are getting more access to places um, with public transportation and with uh, like at least these spaces being um, affordable or I, and I think that one of the big things for me is visibility and I know you know a lot a lot about this but uh, we became influencers in the van life space uh, my wife and I very early on and the th- people see themselves in us And I think because they can see themselves in us, a certain demographic of people can see themselves in us, they feel empowered to go do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think in the outdoors, we're getting that a lot more. Yes. And it's not, it's not even just more accessibility because I see a lot of affluent black and brown people. This is like a luxury thing for them. Like they're, they're, sorry, there's some birds that just landed right on my windowsill. It never happened before. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, birds. <laughs> Just happen to be talking about nature. Yeah, they're like, hey, nature, bring it to you. Um, Because uh, I see it like, you know, the glamping and the people who are now doing more. It's in the same vein as like 
people who are building like farm farming little um, pockets in their backyard. And it's, I don't know. It just feels like it's for everyone. It feels like it's, it's just so open as it should be. Cause this, this land is Ireland. I know that because that was sung, sung, sung to me almost every year in elementary school and junior high, because it sounds like Ireland. So people used to walk behind me and say, this land is Ireland. <laughs> but it is ours, right? Can I, um, I'm going to switch gears just for a second because this podcast is called your first million. And we interview people who have either made their first million, have raised their first million, have, you know, earned or something in this would be capital. This can be viewers. This can be any type of thing. But we also um, interview people who are on their way to it. So I wanted to know what your status was. Are you on your way to raising a million or have you already, or is your first million in the number of views on something? Mm -hmm. So I, and both, I have achieved the first million uh, not in my bank account yet, but yeah. uh, through uh, revenue from my first company. We hit a million in revenue in our first year. So let's stop um, there for just a second. Let's take okay. a moment because I did not even mention that. And, and and that should be lauded more than raising, right? You hit a million dollars in revenue in your first company. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you. Continue, please. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I... I was not a business person. No one in my family were in business. And, um, I was a, a lecturer at San Diego state university teaching about gender and, uh, communication. And then I, I we built out our first van and we realized that there was this like need for Wait a second. what year were you a lecturer at SDSU? 2017. Oh, oh, wow. This is all you, this has all happened so fast. Okay. Keep going. Oh yeah. Keep oh going. yeah. Uh, so, uh, we, uh, my stepdad lost his job and, uh, in his sixties, it was like the end of the world. Right. So, um, we wanted to come up with a solution for him to make money and him and my mom to be good. And also I'm an entrepreneurial person by nature. It, uh, I called it wheel estate when we first started thinking about this concept. <laughs> wheel estate. <laughs> yeah, wheel estate. I love and that. <laughs> so I took our the $15,000 that we had in our savings account and we bought a van and converted it and sold it for $35,000. And we did that again the next month. And then we started, a, we opened up a business and had a warehouse and our first year, we turned that like $15,000 in startup investment uh, into a million dollars in revenue in that first 12 months. Hey, just wanted to stop in just for a second and tell you about cohort two of my new investing course. I told you about the first cohort a few weeks ago, and we've already had a really, really amazing time together. 45 students got together from all over the world virtually. And we spent four weeks together learning uh, as much as we could about investing and specifically investing as a catalyst. And it went so well that I decided to do another cohort and we're starting June 1st, 2021. Check it out at arlen.capital. Arlen, A-R-L-A-N dot capital. You have to check it out. Are you a, an aspiring 
investor? Do you think maybe I can't be an investor because I don't have enough money? Let me tell you something. You can invest in Reg CF deals on platforms like Republic, WeFund, or Start Engine, and they usually start at about $100 a piece. So we'll talk about in the course how you build your portfolio with as little as $100 to start. And so, so, so much more. So many people are talking about this course. Arlen.capital. I cannot wait to see you in class. So you took that and you, and that's a great story for people who are, um, you know, it, the, the, the entrepreneurial process isn't linear necessarily. It's not a straight line. And, and sometimes you, you find, you work on something and then you stay in the same lane, but you do move over to something else. And is that what happened here? So you did this, you got into it, became influencers. And then what sparked this idea of, or exactly what is it? Like, what is the app itself and, and how can people use it? Oh yeah. You know what that, so that business was actually a a van upfitting business Mm -hmm. where we built camper vans and I had a rental fleet. We, we built a rental fleet of about 15. Now the app, uh, we then realized manufacturing sucks, especially if you're doing it on (laughs) with, with no capital to begin with. It's just manufacturing RVs. It was, it was not fun. It took us away from the life that we fell in love with mm. to begin with. And the reason we started the business to begin with. So, um, we then decided to close our doors and go all in to seeker, which is essentially everyone who buys our vans or who rents a van or who goes camping. Their biggest problem is trip planning. And there is no one solution for that. So we figured out I, I decided that I could impact more people. I could also have a much larger potential of a business uh, with a technology solution for planning. Um, so in 2019, I believe, actually 2020, we decided to close our door for SD camper vans and focus full-time on the van life app, which is now Seeker. And so today, what are the stats? How many people are using the app and... And what, what, what are people using it to do? Uh, so we, there's about 40,000 people who are using it every month. Um, and that's growing very, very quickly. Um, we, when you go on the app, you can find the best campsites, reviews, where you're going. If you have an RV, like where to fill on water, where to dump, you can make reservations as well. We have a network of camp shares across the nation, uh, that is growing rapidly. Um, so if you want, you can go on there. It's like Airbnb. You can find a campsite, book it, um, and also find other travelers, like hang, like find other, other events and connect with other travelers, uh, in the outdoors. Yeah, you mentioned that you're going to be going to events when we were talking earlier. What are what is the type of event that that is for the recreational vehicle life? Uh, so the most of the events that we're going to are expos. So mm. if you're curious about a, a recreational vehicle or um, an overlanding vehicle or any camp gear, we're going to be at most of those those expos. We actually started as a community platform, like hosting events and bringing people together. Uh, we've probably brought together over 30,000 people, uh, over the past few years. Um, obviously 2020 
put a dent in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, some of them are overnight events, like gatherings where you camp out in your van or your tent uh, or your RV. Um, we have live music, workshops, things like that. So there's all different kinds of events. What's something that you have learned in the last two years that stands out to you? Recently, um, there's a lot of emphasis in venture capital around community. And I think in society in general, in the United States, people are repri- have reprioritized connection and community um, because of COVID. And one of the things that I learned early and that just is reinforced as of late is community community is powerful like i as a as a social science or a communication researcher i know that social support is the number one predictor of longevity and well-being for people now you multiply that over like for community and it's not just about a person's like one-on-one interaction but about like you have this group that you know is there, even though they're not there, they're like, you just belong, right? Mm -hmm. That, that feeling is so powerful. And if I can continue to facilitate that feeling of belonging and motivation and like, uh, inspiration for people to connect with other people and do the things that they love, then like, I think that's one thing that I've learned of late is that that is my calling. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's the impact that I can have on the world. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And to that end, and and as we wrap up here, what do you want seeker to be? Um, And then I'll say this, what do you want the van life app to be? So I, I want Seeker to be the go-to for outdoor travel. So we, I want us to be the gateway to the outdoors to help more people access it more often and find like-minded people who want to do the same. Incredible. And, that, and it sounds like if you're able to achieve that and you've, you have a great head start here, then you're, you're almost um, accelerating and, and kind of replenishing what was lost in a lot of ways, the last year and a half, you're sort mm. of the, the antidote to a lot of that um, um, pain and, and suffering that happened emotionally and, and, you know, in the community, which is very cool. And if we can do that and also, <clears throat> pardon me, and also um, involve as many types of people as possible. How cool is that? I'm very proud and excited and thrilled to be an investor in this company and for backstage to be an investor. And we just can't wait to see what happens next. I mean, the sky is the limit or the road is the limit. How should we say? (laughs) And also please, um, please, please, please um, immediately. So she's going to do this. She's going to get some IP on real estate like immediately. Okay. Yes. Got to do it. Absolutely. Please do trademark it. Um, Cause that's going to be something too. All right. Anything else? How do people get in touch with you? Oh, one more thing. Yes. So I am about to hit my other first million, which is raising. And we're about to raise a $5 million round. 
And I'm one of the few female founders of color who, who are, have raised that much at a seed stage. That is too cool. Are you going to do Reg CF? Are you going to do private? Private. Wow. Well, congratulations. We're almost there. You're almost there. Hey, you, you're hitting this. It's like this double club here. And I love that the first one was the, the earned revenue. It's really something for people to take into consideration. I'm a 50% bootstrap and a 50% go out there and leverage other people's money kind of person. And it's, mm. you know, we get the headlines with the, with the raises, but it's that earned revenue that gets the respect and the street cred. So really mm. appreciate that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for all that we have going on that we're going to do. Yeah, we're, this isn't the end for us. We're definitely going to uh, follow up on some stuff. All right, everybody. Uh, really enjoyed this episode. And how do people find you? How do people find you? Uh, Brienne, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm the ladies van on Instagram. The ladies uh, like the van, ladies. like the ladies yeah. van. That's so funny. The yeah. Or, <laughs> or Brianna CEO on LinkedIn or, or uh, um, Brianne at the van life app.com. And spell your name just for people who are walking while they're listening to this. Don't see it. It's B R E A N N E. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen was here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton, associate producer Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist Tobey Nguigwe.